Hi, this is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and we are... Sober Sisters Talk. And we are here today. This is our podcast, and we what our objective is is to bring you some insights and in how to uh, bring sobriety in a variety of programs into your daily life. Right, and it's about us sharing our experience, strength, and hope. I don't know how you stay sober. I just know how I stay sober. And I have had the great opportunity and privilege and pleasure to see how a lot of women in this program stay sober. And so we're here to help share what we do and what we've seen that have been successful strategies and techniques and tactics. And the topic today is, I would have to say, I love your idea of step zero, the auditor. The person that comes to the meetings, is trying to check it out, but is instilling in a lot of pain, and they're not willing to do the deal. So yeah, and I got this from, I went to a meeting this week and heard a few newcomers sharing how I'm in so much pain, I even, and I'm not being flippant about it because this is reality, even I'm suicidal and yet not doing moving past that you know dancing around that part of it and then um does that make you angry to see that it makes me frustrated because so like i have a um nephew that is um sort of struggling um with a mental illness and i was talking to my son about this today and he was like well we need to do this for him and we need to do that for him. And I was like, you know what? I just have a different outlook because I feel, I see so much of this. And this person, he's at the point where he needs to do it for himself. I can't do it for him. Andrew can't do it for him. His mother can't do it for him. His brothers can't do it for him. He needs to step up and do it himself. And does he have any mental deficiency that would prevent him from from doing that. Well, that's what Andrew and I were talking about. Was like, you know, it, it, but he does go in and out of lucidness. So at times he does, not okay. all the time, but okay. you know. But the thing is, is that you know you got to make that decision to withstand the pain. To like, and it was like what you said. Like, and I think I was in the same space. I wanted to. I wanted to wake up in the morning and and to go like oh, I haven't I haven't thought about him. I didn't I don't think I thought about him yesterday, you know, or I haven't thought about him for half a day, you know. I wanted that. And that to me was what freedom. sobriety was, yes, freedom. Right. right. Uh, and I have this little pamphlet here that I'm referring to because it's about the experience of withdrawal and it's a pamphlet from Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, and they talk about this, about how um, you get to be free. And so I want to try to find that. Um, well, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the fear, you know, because I was fearful myself of what does my life look like if I'm not using this acting out that's behavior right. anymore? That's I don't right. know what it looks like. And that's scary. Like, that's like jumping off the cliff and I don't know if somebody's going to catch me. I don't know if there's water over on the cliff. I don't know what's going to happen, but there comes a point in people that in all the women that I know that are in recovery that they take that leap. 
Yes. It's like, I'm not staying here where I am. I'm going to leap. Because where I am... It's not working. It's fucked up. Right. So in this uh, in this pamphlet, there's a section where it says freedom, hope, and joy. And it says we may enter withdrawal, withdrawal with a sense of impending doom. What lies in store for me? How will I respond? Who will help me? Is it worth it? What must I give up? At what price? Who will I have become if... When I survive to see the end of the withdrawal, will it ever end? Can I ever have sex, love, relationship again? And they say, we cannot predict for you what is ahead. We do know that sex, love, and relationships are not necessarily activities we must stay away from forever. Once a measure of manageability returns to to our lives, we can begin to make sober assessments of activities that may be safe for us. And then it says here that the pain does not last forever. So I think that that's an important thing to talk about, that those people who are in that step zero, that auditor mode, where they're just coming to meetings, and thankfully these people did share, because I see people that don't share. They just come and they just sit, and then they they come late, they leave early, they don't connect, they're just kind of like, you know. They're trying to manage the pain, and that's, and we just talked about this. I tried to manage it. I tried to, maybe if I just do this, if I, you know, whatever, if I don't see him at work, maybe if I, you know, but the thing is, is that, and that, you know what I was going to suggest is go back and read those questions one by one and let's answer them. Who will help me? Is that the first one? What lies in store for me? What lies in store for me? Well, here's the thing. What lies in store for you if you don't do this? You're going to stay in the same place. It's not going to get better. It's progressive. It gets worse. Right. And you and I can both attest to that. If you're in the rooms and you're in there sitting there deciding whether or not this is for you, then there's something bad going on. And it's about a relationship. You know, it doesn't even, we don't even have to know what it is. Right. You know, all I know is that there's some toxic relationship in your life and you want to get rid of it. No one that I've ever known that has ever come to a meeting except maybe someone who was curious, but most everybody that comes to any kind of 12-step meeting, AA or Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous or Al-Anon, it's because something has impacted their life that is so strong to them that they're willing to take that suggestion that they got from somebody, maybe you need to go to a meeting. And that fearfulness of like, well, what is this crazy thing? And And it's usually the bottom. Yeah. It's, It's the last floor on the elevator. I mean, you can get back on the elevator and the elevator will keep going down. It'll get worse, but you, you can know, always get off. 12 step programs is usually the last place that we go to get some help. Yes. So yeah. What, what is it? What so, lies in store for me if I do this? Well, I can tell you for me, freedom, freedom from acting out, freedom from toxic relationships, freedom from my old patterns. Well, and speaking of freedom, you know, this is uh, near 4th of July. Right. And, you know, I went to um, a recovery party on uh, Tuesday. It was at someone's house. They have a pool, and they invited a bunch of women from SLAA over. And she was really inspired by the Friday night events that you used to do. She heard about that. And so she's kind of been doing that, creating, like, different things, like before the meeting, meet at a restaurant and things like that. And, uh, and so there were about eight of us there, and we were talking about what we're free from, because it was Independence Day. 
and and I said my deal, but then I thought about it later that you know Independence Day was created because the United States was under the tyrannical rule they were being oppressed of Great Britain right that they were having to pay taxes and they weren't getting anything in return. They weren't getting roads. They weren't getting police. They weren't getting armies. They weren't getting any kind of social benefits. There was no one taking care of the poor or any any of the things. They were just paying that money. So it, And it was leaving the country. Right. It wasn't even staying in their country. Right. Even like going, you know, salaries weren't going to the people right. there in the city. So it was a tyrannical situation and you and I have both been under that tyranny yeah. of that addiction where there's just no that there's there's no way to get out from under it you know I'm powerless and it was like I knew that when I couldn't like be without my phone just in case this guy would give me a booty call uh, I was obsessed about like keeping it charged and where is my phone and like keeping it near me and it was like the tyranny, like, oh my God, what if you, you know, text me at work or like planning to text him when I'm at lunch and, you know, all these things around trying to stay hooked in and keyed in and what was the next thing I was going to say when I saw him and how could I be cute and let me go buy that dress. I even bought some furniture one time because I had this whole fantasy of how I wanted to have sex on that piece of furniture mm-hmm. and I like, you know, priced, it was very expensive. It was like, who does that? Sex and love addict. So, you know, I was under that tyranny for so long. And then we had the revolution. And the revolution, I just read a book for my book club about uh, Benedict Arnold and about how he was such a patriot, but he got really, really frustrated with how the war was going. So, you know, I was like reading a lot about the Revolutionary War and about like George Washington and like it wasn't an easy thing. It was really, they were upsetting their whole economic system but it was worth it because the revolution needed to happen. The people here said, no more, stop it. And so I feel like the, the, the war, the revolutionary war is like the 12 steps. It's like we are, we have a process whereby we can gain our independence and it's by doing this work. So it's more than just about um, you know being free. It's about the process by which we gain our independence and get rid of that tyranny. And learn who you really are. Right. And then we have, you know, the United States had to like figure out, well, how do we govern ourselves? Right. And so that's... And you get to learn how to govern yourself. Correct. And, you know, self-care okay, and things next? like that. So, so let me just add what lies in store for me. You know, I'd like to do it like dual. Like, what lies in store for me if I continue to act out? Just more pain. What lies in store for me if I get into recovery? The potential for freedom. How will I respond? That's the second question. So, like, and this is specifically about withdrawal. How Uh will I respond to withdrawal? (laughs) You're going to cry a lot. Was, You're gonna go to a lot of meetings, and it was so funny at the um, at, at the little pool party that I went to on Tuesday. Um, the, the woman that was hosting it, you know, brought out like she was talking about these expensive like eye treatments that you can go on. And she goes, "I found this thing. You can put it in the freezer." And she brought it out. She goes, "Cause you know, I I've been crying a lot, and I thought, you know what? We should put one of those in the newcomer packet. You know, <laughs> and here's a, a you know, I a feasible iPad. Yes, because your 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 eyes are gonna yes, you're gonna cry a lot. You're gonna go to a lot of meetings. You're gonna you're gonna change. 
You're going to change. You're going to change your behavior. And you'll respond in, I think, the in way... In your unique way. In your own unique way. I mean, there were, there were some people who, when they went through withdrawal, they... And this one person in particular, I remember her sharing about it, that she was in so much pain that she just had to do the basics. She was like, I know I, know I had... She had to write like a list of four things that she had to do every day. She had to bathe every day. She had to eat three meals a day. She had to call someone in the program, and she had to go to a meeting. But the key to how I respond is to get guidance. You got to go to meetings. You got to hook up with other women. You got you need a support group, and you need a sponsor, and then that that will guide you towards your response. Well, that's the next question: Who will help me? And everybody that you ask, yes. Everybody that you ask, every yes. every woman, every man that's in a meeting, I would probably caution you to stay away from men if you're a woman, but that's up to you. But but then, if you're a guy listening to us, you, you know, reach out to those men. Other men will help you. They will help you. That's right. Everybody at a everybody meeting. Everybody in a meeting. And everybody in a phone meeting. There's phone meetings. There's websites. There's chat rooms. There's, you know, all of this stuff is available to you. FWS.org. And therapists, therapists are so happy to help you. There's so many different resources out there. Is it worth it? Oh, my Lord. I just don't even have an answer for that yes, a resounding yes. I don't know anybody that has on the other side of withdrawal that said it's not worth it. And I can remember my therapist, Patrick, you know, I would go to him and I was just, you know, in so much pain and I would just be crying. And this wasn't even my last qualifier. It was the one before. And I was like... I feel like I'm going to die. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, will I ever get over this? He was like, oh, yes, you will. And he was so, like, happy and yes. And and I was like, how can he be so sure? And it's because he went through it. Right. You know, when I heard his story and finally realized the perspective that he brought to his therapy, it was like he knew. Well, and that is a that is a point, though, that we should probably bring up. Because when you're in a meeting and you're in this much pain and other women are sharing and they're not sharing even... the Most of the times the topic is not on withdrawal. So they're not sharing their experience, strength, and hope around it. And some women sound or, you know, some people sound as if they're not in pain or never were. But everybody there has been there. I have been in fetal position, curled up, laid on on the floor, rocking myself back and forth in tears, sobbing, wondering how am I going to get through this. I've cried so much that I was nauseous, that I like had a gag reflex, that I was like going to throw up because I was just so exhausted emotionally, physically, mentally. I was just done. And here in the pamphlet, it talks about... um, Not only have we come to accept withdrawal as a necessary step in recovery, we have also developed an appreciation for it. We feel joy in experiencing perhaps for the first time our self-worth, our self-respect, our dignity. A power greater than ourselves is indeed restoring us to sanity and our gratitude is profound. Because it's like that is really like in a way because I went through withdrawal, because I had that experience... Because I did what I had to do in order to face that void. That's what he talks about. Or it's that's empowering. What talk about. It's totally empowering. It's like I went through this. It's. I remember when I um, 
I ran my first half marathon and I crossed the finish line and I was sobbing and tired, but I was just like, I did it. I can't believe I did it. I ran 13.1 miles. I did it. And, um, my sisters were there, you know, and I was just like, it was an incredibly emotional moment for me. And withdrawal is like that. Like when you realize you're done and you're like, yeah, I did it. I went through this. I've been through this. And that's, you know. Yes. And I mean, it's also because it was very difficult for me. I never want to go through it again. (laughs) And it may be sort of why I don't sort of, you know, uh, dip my toe or go out there. And maybe it's because I don't really trust myself. I mean, you're you're so good to remind me, you know, you're not the same person today that I was 10 years ago and that I've got all these skill sets and things of that nature. And so, um, but that isn't true, you know, and, and, and both MG and I are, are a little bit older and, and, you know, we've had relationships and are in this space where we, of our lives where, you know, we may or may not engage in a relationship again, but it's by choice. Right. It's not because, you know, I am compelled to be in a relationship with a man. Correct. Or that it value, it devalues me to not be in a relationship with a man. And it's not like I'm on the hunt, you know? Right. On the prowl. Right. Like I started a new project last night and there were, uh, it was a, you know, mixed group, but there was probably like probably a quarter women, three quarter men. And uh, in the past, what I would have done is I would have assessed like, you know, uh, their... Datability. um, (laughs) Or not even that. Just like, you know... Well, we'll use that word. <laughs> That's a good word. That's a good word. Uh, in I, I would say hostage. You know, <laughs> would they be a good hostage? And it was just like you know, uh, I was just like really, I kind of was evaluating them on their talent. That was you know how I was like, oh okay, I see where they are. Yeah, and uh, what a healthy way to look at somebody rather than right the other right. way. And how free is that? It was great. Yes, and. So it was um, just a, a, a nice change of perspective. But there are, we do, we both know a lot of people that are in the program that have gotten back into relationships and they have been successful at them. Right. And I have, we have known people that have gone out and started dating and they didn't adhere to their dating plan. And then all of a and sudden they, they come got, back. They're right back in withdrawal again. Right back in withdrawal again. And let me just say that the, you know, subsequent withdrawal is never as long as the original withdrawal. And that, you know, and, and I tell like my sponsees if they do decide that they want to go act out and it's like, just come back in. If you want to get back in, don't, you yes. know, don't have any shame around it. Just, you know, put your hat in your hand and come on in and we'll just love you through it. Yeah. And then the next question is, what must I give up at what price? Well, you got to give up the guy. You got to give up the relationship. That's it. Yeah. You got to give up that acting out behavior. Yeah. And the price is to then you realize your part in it. That's the cost. And you get that back. That comes back tenfold because then you're like, oh, this is why I do this. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, what I must give up at what price is, and you and I were just talking about this before you got in here, is 
giving up the things that no longer serve me. And that can be a difficult thing to do. You know, I feel like I have created so many coping mechanisms over the years that I learned from my family of origin that are no longer working for me. And they're deep and they're second nature. And thankfully, I have good enough friends that call me on it. I had a good friend that I was talking to about. I made this statement. I said, yeah, I think I was a born people pleaser. And he said, well, I disagree with that. I think that that's what you learned to do. And I was like, what? That it's an option for me? And so what 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 must I give up? What must I give up? Are those old strategies that I limiting beliefs? Limiting beliefs. I'm a people pleaser. I have to keep doing this. I have to be in relationship. If I don't have a man, I don't have any value. And at what price? There may be some opinions expressed by your family that if you say, you know what, I'm not going to date for years, like. No, no, you must go out. You must get a man. What are you doing? Why are you getting out of the dating pool? And so at what price it may be um, a family member's um, yeah, you feedback. Might, and you might have to leave all of your old friends and get new friends. You know, there may be some of that going on. Um, you may have to leave your tendency to isolate. You may have to leave your job, even though you didn't. And you made I it through. I didn't, but... And that was something that we talked about at that meeting. Um, I did change my phone number. Yes. I did do that. And I did move, which was suggested to me. Because he would show up uninvited, mm-hmm. knocking at the door. Mm-hmm. So I moved. Mm-hmm. Twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've told the story about my phone. I had to get a new phone and my phone was my work phone and so it was really kind of humiliating to have to go to my phone person at my company and say I need a new phone number. But why'd you do that? Because I wanted to prevent myself from having a weak moment and you know and I got rid of the numbers and I and you know of course I could ask somebody, hey, do you have this person's number? Right. But, but you know, are this, you going to do that? You no. Know? And if this person was going to try to reach out to me, it would come back with nothing. Right. So I had to put those strategies into place. And uh, so at, at what price, though, when I look back about all those things and what I do and I encourage other women who are you know, going through that, it's like those are the smallest little things that I can do. For the like, you know, for the wealth of recovery, of of happiness and serenity and calmness and joy and love that I feel in my life now. So uh, the price is worth it, whatever you have to pay. Who will I have become if slash when I survive to see the end of withdrawal? Who will I have become if I survive the end of withdrawal? Yeah. what I found, if when, yeah, I see what I'm what saying. What I found at the end of withdrawal is who I really am, mm. who I really was. Mm. I stopped trying to wile or seduce a guy. I stopped doing that, and I found me with my values and my um, my opinions and things that I love and things that I'm important. And I also was able to walk away from raging, you know, which is another form of 
acting out for me. It was for me because it gets me high. And I found I found the things that truly do get me high and that are safe and that are acceptable. Public speaking, helping other women, um, connecting people, all of those things rather than trying to get somebody to love me that doesn't want to. Right. I just can't encourage you enough. It is it is work. Yeah. You know, it is and it can be very challenging. But it does end. It doesn't last forever. And that's for everybody. There is you know, nothing lasts forever. Everything changes. And withdrawal is the same thing and it and it doesn't last and you can reach the end of it and you will feel better and Whatever the cost, whatever you lose, it wasn't something that you really needed or wanted anyway. And that was the next question, will it ever end? And absolutely it will end. And I think that I remember when my withdrawal ended because I, I had these chronic, what I call like mini panic attacks where I couldn't catch my breath. And I remember like, you know, you were talking about that moment when you realize you haven't thought about your qualifier for an hour that was when I physically knew I'm like when was the last time I did that I can't remember it's been a few days and then I was like yeah I'm I'm not doing that anymore I think I noticed when I was done was I was um still looking for license plates I had memorized his Mm -hmm. license plate and Mm -hmm. I noticed myself doing it and I was like I need to stop doing that and, and just like checking myself. And I think that's when I realized I was really done. I was over it. Yeah. I don't want to look, I don't need to look at license plates of that type of vehicle that he drove anymore. Right. I don't need to look for it. I'm done. Can I ever have sex, love, a relationship again? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Get a sponsor, find out what your stuff is and what your patterns are, and then when you're done, write a dating plan and go for it. And stick to the dating plan. With the guidance. You need the guidance of a sponsor, though. Do not try to do this stuff alone. No, because we've all seen it where people go out and they just kind of try to, you know, invent it themselves. And, And perhaps I'm just, you know, terminally unique, but I don't feel, uh, you know, because I feel terminally unique, I know that I have to get that help because my best thinking got me here. And it wasn't, um, you know, like they say when I, I heard someone say that when I'm up in my mind, I'm in a bad neighborhood, you know? <laughs> so get out of that neighborhood. I just think that I, I just want to encourage anybody who's listening and sitting on the fence to get a sponsor and start working the steps. It's a self-exploration. It isn't easy, but you can do it now or you can do it later, but you're going to do it. And that was the first thing that I read here that I thought was so interesting uh, that they, you know, made this whole thing about what is withdrawal. And they talked about abstinence and um, the release of the addictive pattern is withdrawal. And it talks about um, that withdrawal can be uncomfortable. Our bodies go through unexpected physical changes. Our emotions hit highs and lows we never imagined possible. We feel, perhaps for the first time ever, the void which we have sought to fill with our addictions. 
And that void, I think that you've called it the God hole before, is that I've tried to fill this um, piece within me by addictions, alcohol, drugs, food, and they talk about they have a little survival kit here, and they have a, like a lot of slogans and suggestions. So um, they have like the suggestion, easy does it. I love that suggestion. First things first, keep it simple, let go, let God think it through just one day at a time. And then they talk about, um, you know, different suggestions on here as well. And if you want to go to the fellowship-wide service, you know, pick up this pamphlet on withdrawal. I think it's like a dollar fifty or whatever. But uh, one of the things that they talk about that I love is um, don't be afraid to say no. Remember, you have the right to set boundaries in the interest of your own recovery. And then read Chapter 5 in the basic text, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. And, you know, like you were talking about... You know, in Chapter 5, Rich describes his withdrawal and talks about, you know, the process. And then he also talks about the rewards from it. And... Um, you know, what he learned and how he learned to take care of himself. And that stuff is invaluable. And I wanted to just mention really quick, like one one of the tips you gave was think it through. And, um, you know, that's when you're ready to, to you've made the decision you're going to act out, um, is to go to the end of that. Like yes. if you do think that, the drink, if heard. you do this, what then? What's on the other side of this? And how, and what I used to ask myself is, because mine always happened in, at night, and I would be like, I just really wanted to text him. I really want, and then I would ask myself, Am I going to feel better in the morning if I text him? No. Or if I don't text him? And then I was able to go like, I know I'm going to feel better if I don't. And then it, I could stop, and it helped. It helped so yes, much. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and I love that AA phrase that every action we take, you're either going towards a drink or away from a drink. And so I would think about, is this action taking me to the intrigue, to the acting out? Or and, away from it. Or away from it. And, you know, it, it, it got to be like, you know, the clothes that I, I chose to wear. Oh, absolutely. It's like you said, you bought furniture. I bought clothes. I mean, you know, yes, that, absolutely. And, you know, that we won't even address that here, but it does show up in everything that you do. And I just want to encourage you to... Um, you know, you guys can email us. If you're in withdrawal, if you're on the fence and you don't know about it, you can email us at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can go to our website and um, you can listen to other podcasts. You can join Facebook groups, sober groups, and reach out to other people that way. Um, there's so much available to you and I you know I will put myself out there if you email me and you're in withdrawal or you're afraid to go through withdrawal I'll send you my phone number and you can talk to me about it yeah. and um yeah. you know because I am I just highly encourage everybody to just if you're sitting there thinking about doing this do it I think that's great thank that's you, my Elizabeth. best advice thank you so much well, that was a great podcast today. So don't forget that you can find information at the FWS.org. That is fellowship-wide services. They have literature. They have phone meetings. They have, you know, there's all sorts of information on FWS.org. And then if you're in Houston you can, or whatever city you're in, you can just Google SLAA and then the city. And the website should pop up, especially if you're in a major metropolitan city. 
And um, if you're not, then FWS, you can get on phone meetings. There is the WANNA, which is the women's phone meetings, and I'm sure they have men's phone meetings as well. All of that stuff is available to you. Right. There are so many resources out there, and there's no reason. I want to encourage you to get off the fence. Don't stay on step zero. Get into step one. Get into step one. Take that step. Because, you know, the first word of step one is we, and we're going to be there for you. And we did it. We did it. That's right. We admitted we were powerless and that we our lives had become unmanageable. And that first step, I never, I never looked back. I'm not sorry that I took it. Me either. And I mean, and we can talk a little bit about our lives. You know, I feel like my life now is so full I'm like so happy. I have so many social obligations. You know, my avoidant kind of comes up with a lot of that sometimes. But when I really, at the end of the day, I feel truly blessed. I have, you know, so many people in my life that love me. I have work that I love. I have hobbies that I love. I uh, am surrounded by people who are in recovery who reach out to me. I'm just, I'm really just This is a a manifestation of our recovery, this podcast in itself, because we have developed a friendship and we are working together on creating the lives that we love and that we want. And in that, this was born. And so, yeah, absolutely. I have really rich, I've learned how to be in relationships. And one of my favorite relationships is the one that I have with my boss. It's like, learning how to like how far to go that's not my friend we are very friendly and we are very affectionate towards each other and very kind and we have a really but that's not my friend that is my boss and so I'm really capable of you know staying within my boundaries there containment my containment yes and I'm so that's one of the ones that I'm so grateful for and then my family those are you know those those are my granddaughters they're not my my partner, you know, those are my those sons. Are your children, you're, you They're don't have to not my partner. That's right. right, right, exactly. That's right, that's right. And and in terms of like why I feel like we're doing this podcast, I feel like because I've been so blessed, I do want to give back, and that's why I love to sponsor women, and it helps me to continue my own program. It enriches me. It also reminds me. I mean, my God, when I work with someone that's going through withdrawal, my heart breaks a little bit, and then I'm so grateful. When they leave, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so I know. grateful. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not doing that again. And, but this is why. We want to bring our freedom, our joy, our ability to get through this to you. And we're doing it through this podcast a little bit at a time, an hour, you know, half hour at a time. Um, a little bit of information and joy and how we did it. So reach out to us through our email, SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. Um, please, if you like this, please share it with you know whoever you can and put it on your Facebook page. We do post them on Facebook and um, we post them on YouTube and um, they're out on Twitter. And if you see it on any social media, please share it. That's the, the more that we get, um, the more listeners that we get, the more we can do for you. Thank you. Thank you. And also on our website, SoberSistersTalk.com. And hopefully soon we'll be on the iTunes podcast channel. We're working on it. Thank you so much.